From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. From its inception, this show has been all about introducing you to the founders and creators that make this city special. We have walked you through their journeys from brand new startups to growing businesses to mainstays in the community. This season, we are expanding our focus. We will always be advocates for the little guys. But this year, we want to bring you stories from the whole spectrum of Atlanta culture. From one-person startups to thousand-member teams, there are organizations all around the city contributing to its success. And you're going to hear about them all right here on Atlanta Born and Brand. The global pandemic has left no organization unaffected. But we believe the signs are emerging for a bounce back of epic proportions in Atlanta. Hi y'all, I'm Catherine, producer for Atlanta Born and Brand. Jonathan is off on a well-earned European vacation this week, so I am taking over the introduction today. We've got a fun one for y'all, though. In this episode, we're sitting down with Jonathan Baker, co-founder of Monday Night Brewing. Monday Night is a local Atlanta brewery, which started back in 2006 when a couple of friends got together and decided to give home brewing a try. Today, in 2021, they've got multiple locations in the ATL, as well as Nashville and Birmingham. Stick around to hear us chat about where the Monday Night name and logo originated, and how the Atlanta community rallied around yet another well-loved business when they were down during the pandemic. First off, uh, thank you so much, sir, for having us here today, first of all. But uh, the first question we do like to ask folks, Jonathan, is uh, if you bump into somebody on the street and they ask you, what do you do? What's your your answer to that question? I say I make beer, even though I actually don't make beer. (laughs) I'm co-founder of Monday Night Brewing, um, an Atlanta-based craft brewery. And if they dive deeper into that and say, how do you start a brewery? What happened? What led you guys to wanting to start a brewery? Yeah, it really wasn't in the the cards originally, but uh, I met uh, my business partners in a Friday morning Bible study that uh, that was just like way too early in the mornings. And so we wanted some social time outside of that. And a couple of guys had just been gifted beer brewing kits. And so um, we started brewing beers on Monday night. And that was back in 2006. And we brewed in our driveway and on our front porch for five years. Invited folks to brew and drink with us. and. Um, uh, kind of slowly formed the idea to, to turn it into a business, which we did back in 2011. Um, so we started with our first location uh, here in West Midtown, and then we now have uh, a location in uh, Southwest Atlanta uh, in the historic West End. And last year we opened uh, a brew pub in Birmingham and this year we opened a tap room in Nashville. So we're growing. Yeah, so 2011 to 2021, you guys are 10 years in. Um, talk to me about 
your fears uh, or the challenges maybe of, of this first location and going from, okay, guys who, like you said, met in a Bible study, a couple guys knew how to brew to the intricacies of location and all the equipment you needed. What, what was your, you guys' mindsets going into that, that first big step? Right, so brewing on a commercial scale is just so drastically different from brewing in five gallon plastic buckets. Um, you're, you're running a factory effectively, and so you've you know, got huge safety concerns and like really expensive equipment that you don't want to screw up. Um, and so we actually hired a, a brewmaster out of the gate to help with that, uh, that step. Um, but in general, when we started, we were the first brewery to be licensed in the city in about 20 years. Um, and so even from a licensing perspective, like the city of Atlanta didn't know what to do with us. Um, we kind of had to pave the way again, in a, in a sense, for uh, a lot of the breweries that came uh, after us, even though there were breweries that came before us, you know, Sweetwater, uh, Atlanta Brewing Company, um, but they'd been around for so long that uh, I think the city had forgotten how to permit a brewery. <laughs> um, they've since remembered. They have since remembered, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they figured it out. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing we learned pretty early on is, is running a brewery is, it's actually, it feels like running multiple businesses at once because you've got your production business and then you've got your tap room business which is effectively you know a bar and then you have uh, your sales arm out in the market um, and then all your back office stuff so we're trying to like become experts at all this stuff at once um, which is it's good that we had 10 years to try to figure it out right yeah <laughs> yeah you're better at it today than you were in 2012 i'm sure yes um Talk to me about the brand. How'd you come up with the, the name and sort of the, the evolution? I saw something the other day that was kind of laying out the evolution of your logo. Um, how, how did that come on you guys? So the, yeah, the, the name really found, found us. We were brewing beer on Monday nights and you know, I believe my background is in, is in marketing and I believe that the name should help tell the story of the brand. And so that it, the Monday night brewing was kind of really natural for us. Um, because we came out of a Bible study, our original logo was actually a, a monk, uh, because monks uh, traditionally brewed beer. And uh, we transitioned to kind of the, the nine to fiver, you know, necktied gentleman. Um, when we were still home brewing, but we, we kind of, had the thought that, you know what, we can only stand for one thing and our name is Monday night, so let's just be weeknights. And so the monk doesn't really fit in that narrative. And it's not like we had, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to like push our story out. So we're like, let's start, let's start with one thing. Um, and so the logo is actually my business partner, Joel. Uh, I developed it in Illustrator, but I went and took a photo of him. I asked him to, uh, just wear a suit, uh, suit jacket and a tie, and I'd come take a photo of him. And he showed up at the door, suit jacket, tie, no pants. <laughs> so we uh, were waist up. <laughs> yep. 
for that reason and shit. Yeah, yeah. We don't need silhouettes of waist down at that point. No. Yeah. No, I like it. Um, t weekends are overrated. Talk to me. Is that was that just a kind of a spinoff of like you were you, you were talking about? Let's hone in on that weeknight theme. Yeah, so the three of us, uh, we all had white collar day jobs. I was doing marketing strategy consulting. Jeff, our now CEO, was doing uh, private equity. Um, and Joel, um, our logo, uh, was doing uh, operations consulting. And so we all had these like nine to five day jobs where we had to wear neckties a lot. Um, and one of the reasons we started a brewery was because we wanted to enjoy what we were doing with work. Um, and we wanted to celebrate every day of the week, right? Like we wanted to celebrate weekdays, not just living for the weekends. And so weekends are overrated is really a nod, not to, not that weekends are bad, but that weekdays are good. Um, and that, you know, you should work to, to make every day something that you're proud of. I like it. Uh, so, so I guess nine years in, you guys face this challenge that seems to have affected us all in one form or fashion and a global pandemic. Um, you talked about you guys essentially run a bar with your taproom business. Obviously that was a challenge for a time and still is, I'm sure. Talk to me about just mindset of, you know, small business facing all these new and different things that you'd never, you'd never had to deal with before. Yeah, I remember it was early March 2020 when, uh, it was a Sunday night and news reports started rolling in of cities shutting down their bars and restaurants. And I just had this like sense of panic because that is such a large part of our, our identity uh, and our business. Um, and I mean, it almost felt like 10 years of my life had flashed before my eyes and like, you know, there was a chance we could lose this, right? That we'd invested so much time and money into. Um, so we, we cut back pretty hard initially. Uh, we furloughed half of our staff. Um, and just tried to focus on the things that we knew would, would still work. So selling beer in grocery stores, grocery stores weren't shut down. Um, our VP of sales would like he didn't have a sales team anymore, they were all furloughed, so he would go into grocery stores. He would just spend his days in grocery stores making sure our product was on the shelves. Um, and we, probably a few weeks after that developed um, kind of a drive-through business. So we basically had to change business models multiple times, as a lot of businesses did uh, throughout that. Um, but it was really, I mean, really surreal. and and sad uh yeah a lot of a lot of tears yeah well and especially when you're talking about a, a small business i don't and maybe you guys were a little bit larger than this but there's a certain number of employees that if you're under that number i mean you know everyone pretty intimately you know details about their family about you know their their upbringing this is not a uh, situation where you know it's a multi-thousand member company and when you say the word furlough, that feels so impersonal when you hear it on the on the news. That's a, for lack of a better uh, description, that's a, a big stinking deal <laughs> to folks 
who, uh, who as business owners, you are agonizing on providing for those people. Um, yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm sure you echo that sentiment. Yeah, um, we had about 50 full-time staff at the time, and uh, we basically kept the production team because we needed to keep beer going. And um, we kept our VP of sales because he knew grocery stores better than anyone else on our team. And uh, that was about it. Um, so you went from 50 to a, a team of what, 10, 15 folks? 20, 24, 25. 24. Yeah. Gotcha. Tell me about, um, you know, we all have different kind of ideas of when things starting to loosen. I know the city of Atlanta shuts down for a few weeks basically and starts to loosen but we always heard that you know bars and nightclubs were going to be kind of the last thing to come back um talk to me about the timeline of, of 2020 and when was it that you first started to feel you talked about that moment of panic like hey this was a good run maybe this is the end when did you start to feel comfortable that hey we are going to be able to bounce back from this um we <laughs> We actually thought we were being super smart, conservative business people by planning for the worst case scenario, which is nothing comes back till August of 2020. Yeah, you're laughing now. We're still, here we are still wearing masks. Um, but I think early May is when Legally, we were allowed to uh, resume operations. We didn't then. I think we waited till mid-June or so. Um, but early May was probably the point where, you know, I, I think people realize, like, look, at some point, if we want our businesses to survive, we, we have to live life to some degree. Um, and I don't know about you, but I was also at home with two kids who couldn't go to school and it was madness. Like, I think everyone realized like, this is not a sustainable right. way to live, right? Yeah, I've got um, three, so I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was really slow coming back, really slow. Um, fortunately, our to-go business was fairly strong through April and May. Um, we, at one point, set up like Chick-fil-A style double drive-throughs. Um, and on a Saturday, we'd have cars lined up all the way down the street. Um, and actually, pretty early on, we, you know, we had so many people who, who wanted, I think like, they had a set amount of money, but they wanted to support certain businesses, right? Like, I want this business to survive. I want this business to survive. Um, businesses that were, that meant something to them. Um, and we had a lot of people like that who wanted to support Monday night. And so they would not only buy uh, their beer here, but they would ask if they could, you know, tip. Um, and so we decided to, to, to give all tips to furloughed staff. Um, and so uh, we were able to actually give them income because of the kindness of our customers. Uh, and actually the tips became so generous that we were able to start bringing furloughed staff back. Um, 
starting in early May. Uh, and by the end of June, we had everyone back. This city has a, a reputation for being a transient one and having folks from sort of all over the place. Uh, the story you just told, I think, is a great example of um, the passion and the heart that people in the city of Atlanta have for uh, local business, for their communities. It's really powerful. I mean, I, there were happy tears at that point, too. Um, it, but I think it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Like, they wouldn't do that unless we were invested in them and the city as well. Um, and <laughs> so, for example, we had just brewed and canned all of this beer for Mercedes-Benz Stadium in 16-ounce cans, because that's what they want, and no one else buys them. Uh, so we had pallets of beer just sitting there. Um, and instead of trashing it, we were like, let's just give it away to people who need it. So we had, for probably six weeks, we'd give it away to frontline workers, uh, government workers, uh, teachers. Um, we even had a week for other small business employees and owners who were struggling. And it's just like, you know, we trust you, don't abuse us, but come and get your beer. And um, I think it's because of things like that that other breweries did as well, that people form such tight-knit relationships with brands. Um, and I'll say in craft beer, it's, it's probably even a little stronger. Um, craft breweries can become like flags for people, like that, you know, they're tied to certain geographies. Um, they've got a certain ethos about them. Uh, so in, in some ways, people kind of latch onto certain craft breweries to help define their personalities. Like in the same way that I'm like an Apple guy, right? Like. Are you a Monday night guy? I am also a Monday night guy, to be fair. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's funny you say that, though, because it's, it is, it's like a, a, a badge of honor. Or you're a stop on, like when people have family in town. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. We're gonna take them to a, a Braves game. We're gonna take them to the aquarium and we're gonna take them to Monday night, you know, because that's part of our community, Yeah, right? We had, uh, we had people driving to our brewery from Birmingham on the weekend to buy beer from us. Because they're like, I know you guys need this 25 bucks more than I do right now. Like, that's insane. Um, you mentioned Atlanta being the city of, uh, you know, people come from all over. I don't think Atlanta gets the credit it deserves. Uh, the the People that live in the city and around the city have such a passion for the city. It's it's a truly special place, like that you don't find most other cities. Um, uh, there's like there's a togetherness um, that feels kind of unique to Atlanta, and I think the pandemic helped showcase that even more in some ways. Yeah, there's, you know, that Southern hospitality is one thing. This feels like more than that. 
in a way. This is not just being polite. It's not just know. being nice, right? right. Yeah, it's exactly. actually caring. For sure, and making personal sacrifices to, for the benefit of the other folks around you. No, you're right about that. Um, okay, so you talked about May, June, things are, you know, you're able to bring back employees. We are 17 months out from that point now. Talk to me about what you've seen in your community since then. Have you seen, have you been surprised by the resilience of your customer base, your employees, um, the, the folks that you interact with on a daily basis? Uh, you're gonna want me to say yes, but no. I have not been surprised at the resilience. Uh, I, I, like, we're humans and if we're not going to live life in a way that is worth living, like what's the point of being human? Um, and so at some point, like I knew, like we're going to get back to some form of, you know, we're going to learn how to live with this. Um, people can't just stop having fun or stop having face-to-face -face interactions. That, that's one thing about, you know, breweries. Um, they're a place for, people to gather and to talk, right? To have to have community with each other. And like, you, Zoom is never going to replace that. Uh, Zoom is great, but it's just not great in other ways. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I always knew we were strong enough. Um, we just needed the tools to fight the actual COVID-19, right? Like, we have to make sure that our most vulnerable are protected, um, and we have to just do the calculations, like the risk versus reward um, on some of this stuff. Yeah, there's always a risk. I mean, before the pandemic, there was always a risk of, you know, you get the flu and you die. Um, there's just more of a risk now. <laughs> and uh, I think people are individually figuring out kind of what they're comfort level is um, but we're human the, the relationship between uh, the Atlanta community and Monday night how is it different from before COVID-19 I think I have a greater sense of appreciation for um, what this company and brand means to so many others you know, I, I was the first employee and I like designed the logo and was brewing in my garage and, and it all, like this growth happened so gradually for me personally, right? That I don't know if I necessarily stopped to think about the impact it was actually having on other people. Um, but then you hear these stories about people who got married here and want to make sure it stays around. And uh, I, I think I have kind of a, uh, almost a renewed sense of responsibility for uh, carrying on the the torch of Monday night and um, being kind of a upstanding corporate citizen <laughs> in the city. Um, beer is one of those products that, when the economy's bad, sales are good. And when the economy's good, sales are good. Uh, it's <laughs> it's pretty steady in that way. And so, 
you know, I, I don't know if we've seen much change in people's consumption patterns, uh, but we do see, I think we, we see a bit more just gratefulness from people like to be out and, you know, you don't know what you have till it's gone. And um, some of the, the just small pleasures in life, like enjoying a craft beer outside of your home, um, have become more precious. I mean, I think you said it best there. You don't know what, what you have until uh, it's gone. You guys are not gone. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes, well yes. done. Um, this is a real location. It is a real location. I'm a real this person. Is, uh, contrary to popular belief, this is not a green screen. <laughs> no digital set here. So no, Jonathan, uh, thanks for the conversation, man. Congrats on making it through to this point. I know we're not completely out of the woods yet, but uh, all the best to you guys, and um, hopefully we'll catch up soon. If you're local to Atlanta, be sure to check out the Monday night locations in West Midtown and the historic West End. Or buy their beer in the grocery store. It's seriously good. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. Make sure and follow the show on social media at ATLBorn on Instagram and like our Atlanta Born and Brand. This season, we have launched a brand new video series to coincide with our ATL bounce back theme. Subscribe to the Atlanta Born and Brand YouTube channel for that content and more. Lastly, if you love the show, please spread the word. Share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your support helps make sure that more and more people hear the stories of all those folks doing great things all over the city. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.